Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick, on Twitter, Gratitude underscore Chick, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another reading of The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Guys, we are almost done with this book. We are at 74%. We have finally moved out of the 60%. So we are almost done. I think we have, I think it's only 20 chapters and we're on chapter 16. So we are almost there. Okay, chapter 16, Your Subconscious Mind and Harmonious Human Relations. In studying this book, you learn that your subconscious mind is a recording machine which faithfully reproduces whatever you impress upon it. This is one of the reasons for the application of the golden rule in human relations. Matthew seven twelve says, All things whatsoever ye would that man should do unto you, do ye even so to them. This quotation has outer and inner meanings. You are interested in its inner meanings from the standpoint of your subconscious mind, which is as you would that men should think about you, think about them in like manner. As you would that men should feel about you, feel you also about them in like manner. As you would want men to act toward you, act you toward them in like manner. For example, you may, be, you may be polite and courteous to someone in your office, but when his back is turned, you are very critical and resentful toward him in your mind. Such negative thoughts are highly destructive to you. It is like taking poison. You are actually taking mental poisons which rob you of vitality, enthusiasm, strength, guidance, and goodwill. These negative thoughts and emotions sink down into your subconscious and cause all kind of difficulties and maladies in your life. And I will say this is definitely true. In 2019, I worked at a really big company. I was uh, the manager of the risk department and one of the employees, she was very against me, like literally very against me. She, to me, is a horrible human being. And um, because I was a manager, I was forced to be cordial with her, of course, because she was an employee. But in my mind, I wanted to say to her the things that I could not say to her. So I said it in my mind. And 2019 was the worst year of me working at this company. I used to love this company. I used to love my job and what I did. In 2019, I hated my job just simply because it it had it went through so many mergers. It became too big. And I really just hated this job. And I started to hate the employees as well. And she was one of those employees that I really, really could not stand. Like, literally, I just cringed. So most of the time when I saw her, if it was she and I in the elevator, I just pretended like she didn't exist. Because to me, it just, 
it was I didn't even want to acknowledge this chick. I did not like her. But uh, everything that he's saying is true because out of my mouth, I was cordial. But in my mind, I really was giving her smackdown. So this is definitely true. The master key to happy relationships with others. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Matthew 7, 1 through 2. A study of these verses and the application of the inner truths therein contained represent the real key to harmonious relations. To judge is to think, to arrive at a mental verdict or conclusion in your mind. The thought that you have about the other person is your thought because you are thinking it. Your thoughts are creative. Therefore, you actually create in your own experience what you think and feel about the other person. That is deep. It is also true that the suggestion you give to another, you give to yourself because your mind is the creative medium. Ooh, that is deep. This is why it is said, for what, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. I, I can see this. 2019 was a rough year for me. So, yeah. When you know this law and the way your subconscious mind works, you are careful to think feel and act right toward the other. These verses teach you about the emancipation of man and reveal to you the solution to your individual problems. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Ooh, that is the, and, and the sad part is I, of course, as a Christian, I have read this verse many times, but a lot of times you just read and you keep going. You don't break it down and really discuss it, which is what I've been trying to do with the Manifesting in the Bible series that came to a conclusion with episode 18. I was breaking down the scripture to what I understood it to be. This is one of them I really should have added because it's, it's really deep. It really, really is deep. And it really um, helps you. Like, I wish I would have... I wish I would have read this in 2019. A lot of things, although I don't regret, I don't regret it. You know, I am very happy to be away from that company. It had become something that I didn't even love anymore. The good you do for others comes back to you in like measure. And the evil you do returns to you by the law of your own mind. If a man cheats and deceives another, he is actually cheating and deceiving himself. His sense of guilt and mood of loss inevitably will attract loss to him in some way. At some time, his subconscious records his mental act and reacts according to the mental intention or motivation. Your subconscious mind is impersonal and unchanging, neither considering persons nor respecting religious affiliations or institutions of any kind. It is neither compassionate nor vindictive. The way you think, feel, and act toward others returns at last upon yourself. Did y'all hear that? Hold on. Because let me just say this again. Again, this is something I wish I would have known in 2019. Because I had, if I could just tell you everything that was going on, which I can't, you would understand why this is resonating with me so well and why I get, I get it. Because my mind was wanted to say, I'm a very outspoken person and I really am a person that 
says whatever. You know, I have been trying to rein it in as I get older, but I am, I have always been a person that says exactly how I feel. I don't beat around the bush. I don't believe in that. I just believe in looking you in the face and telling you what it is. So being a manager and managing, managing department of, of, you know, a lot of people, you can't take that stance. So what I wanted to say to people, I often said in my mind. So your subconscious mind is impersonal and unchanging, neither considering persons nor respecting religious affiliations or institutions of any kind. It is neither compassionate nor vindictive. The way you think, feel, and act towards others returns at last upon yourself. And that I am a testament to because all of the ways that I was cussing people out of my mind, all of the things that I really wanted to say to people, they were saying to me. And because of my position at this company, I was unable to return to them in kind or in um, not kind, but the opposite of kind. (laughs) The daily headlines made him sick. Begin now to observe yourself. Observe your reactions to people, conditions, and circumstances. How do you respond to the events and news of the day? It makes no difference if all the other people were wrong and you alone were right. If the news disturbs you, it is your evil because your negative emotions robbed you of peace and harmony. And this is why I no longer follow news organizations on um, Facebook. I'm on Facebook the most just simply because I have a face two Facebook groups that I'm admin of. So I am on Facebook the most. <clears throat> so I don't follow news organizations because listen, those people in those comments will really take you to hell. You hear me? They will get down and dirty and I just could I can't do it. So I had to really just delete everybody. I only have news organizations on Twitter now, and I only go and read the article and leave um, maybe once a week. I don't watch the news every day anymore. A woman wrote me about her husband saying that he goes into a rage when he reads what certain newspaper columnists write in the newspaper. She added that this constant reaction of anger and suppressed rage on his part brought on bleeding ulcers and his physician recommended an emotional reconditioning. I invited this man to see me and I explained to him the way his mind functions, indicating how emotionally immature he was to get angry when others write articles with which he disapproves or disagrees. He began to realize that he should give the newspaper man freedom to express himself even though the latter disagreed with him politically, religiously, or any other way. In the same manner, the newspaper man would give him freedom to write a letter to the newspaper disagreeing with his published statements. He learned that he could disagree without being disagreeable. He awakened to the simple truth that it is, ne- it is never what a person says or does that affects him. It is his reaction to what is said or done that matters. And that is what people on social media need to realize. This world is social media really has turned otherwise normal people into assholes. It really has. Excuse my language. But really, if people on social media 
realize the damage that they're doing to themselves as they sit in judgment of others, especially these celebrities and famous people, they wouldn't do it. But it is social media is terrible, child. If, if I didn't have to use it for building this brand, I wouldn't. Except for the parts that makes me laugh. I love TikTok because it really makes me laugh. This explanation was the cure for this man. And he realized that with a little practice, he could master his morning tantrums. The fact that he has tantrums. Do you understand how this man will be going insane on social media? This is crazy. His wife told me subsequently that he laughed at himself and also at what the columnist said. They no longer have power to disturb, annoy, and irritate him. His ulcers have disappeared due to the emotional poise and serenity. Oh, wow. I hate women, but I like men. A private secretary was very bitter towards some of the girls in her office because they were gossiping about her and, as she said, spreading vicious lies about her. She admitted that she did not like women. She said, I hate women, but I like men. I discovered also that she spoke to the girls who were under her in the office in a very haughty, imperious, and irritable tone of voice. She pointed out that they took a delight in making things difficult for her. There was a certain pomposity. That, that's a new one. Hold on. Let's, what is? I'm, I'm assuming it has to do with being pompous. Yeah, the quality of being pompous, self-important. Okay. I never heard of pomposity. There was a certain pomposity in her way of speaking, and I could see where her tone of voice would affect some people unpleasantly. If all the people in the office or factory annoy you, isn't it a possibility that the vibration, annoyance, and turmoil may be due to some subconscious subconscious pattern or mental projection from you? We know that a dog will react ferociously if you hate or fear dogs. Animals pick up your subconscious vibrations and react accordingly. Many undisciplined human beings are just as sensitive as dogs, cats, and other animals. I suggested a process of prayer to this private secretary who hated women, explaining to her that when she began to identify herself with spiritual values and commenced to affirm the truths of life, Her voice, mannerisms, and hatred of women would completely disappear. She was surprised to know that the emotion of hatred shows up in a person's speech, actions, in his writings, and in all phases of his life. She ceased reacting in the typical resentful and angry way. She established a pattern of prayer which she practiced regularly, systematically, and conscientiously in the office. The prayer was as follows. I think, speak, and act lovingly, quietly, and peacefully. I now radiate love, peace, tolerance, and kindliness to all the girls who criticized me and gossiped about me. I anchor my thoughts on peace, harmony, and goodwill to all. Whenever I am about to react negatively, I say firmly to myself, I am going to think, speak, and act from the standpoint of the principle of harmony, health, and peace within myself. Creative intelligence leads, rules, and guides me in all my ways. The practice of this prayer transformed her life, and she found that all criticism and annoyance ceased. The girls became co-workers and friends along life's journeys. 
she discovered that there is no one to change but myself. Now, while I don't have a story for myself to match this, there is a, a young lady at my previous employer who reported to me. And one of the things she always said to me is that women often don't like her. And um, I knew right away why women didn't like her. <laughs> but I am the type of person that I I always go for the underdog anyway. Like, And when she came to the department, my department was, you know, women heavy. And she, you know, a lot of women from the oldest one there down to the youngest one did not like her. And it was just simply because she was uh she was a very pretty young lady um she had a nice shape and she reminded you that she was pretty with a nice shape this is how she came off this is how she presented herself so the other women were you know if if you are feeling down on yourself for any reason and someone else comes along and projects their um, good self-esteem, it sometimes makes you feel bad about you. And that's kind of what was happening and what I saw in all of these women. And, you know, as the manager, there's nothing that I could do to pull her aside and say, hey, you know, what could I do? But I saw why so many women did not like her. It was her projection of how much she loved herself that these women I mean it really did come off as vanity it did but that is because on the outside looking in it is a judgment on the person who's looking at her and it may not necessarily be what she actually feels about herself you know what I mean I hope that makes sense but reading that story reminded me of her because there if if you you might have a lot of people that you know a lot of chicks that you know or women I should say that have said similar things you know I don't get along with women um women are backbiters so they'll always have those kinds of stories or things to say and you have to wonder why that is what kind what are they projecting to make other women not like them so I just thought I would say that <clears throat> His inner speech held back his promotion. One day, a salesman came to see me and described his difficulties in working with the sales manager of his organization. He had been with the company 10 years and had received no promotion or recognition of any kind. He showed me his sales figures, which were greater proportionately than the other men in the territory. He said that the sales manager did not did not like him, that he was unjustly treated, and that at conferences, the manager was rude to him and at times ridiculed his suggestions. I explained that undoubtedly the cause was to a great degree within himself, and that his concept and belief about his superior bore witness to the reaction of this man. The measure we meet shall be measured to us again. His mental measure or concept of the sales manager was that he was mean and cantankerous, he was filled with bitterness and hostility toward the executive. On his way to work, he conducted a vigorous conversation with his, himself, 
filled with criticism, mental arguments, recriminations, and denunciations of his sales manager. What he gave out mentally, he was inevitably bound to get back. This salesman realized that his inner speech was highly destructive because the intensity and force of his silent thoughts and emotions and personally conducted mental condemnation and vilification of the sales manager entered into his own subconscious mind. This brought about the negative response from his boss, as well as creating many other personal, physical, and emotional disorders. He began to pray frequently as follows. I am the only thinker in my universe. I am responsible for what I think about my boss. My sales manager is not responsible for the way I think about him. I refuse to give power to any person, place, or thing to annoy me or disturb me. I wish health, success, peace of mind, and happiness for my boss. I sincerely wish him well, and I know he is divinely guided in all his ways. He repeated this prayer out loud, slowly, quietly, and feelingly, knowing that his mind is like a garden and that whatever he plants in the garden will come forth like seeds after their kind. I also taught him to practice mental imagery prior to sleep in this way. He imagined that his sales manager was congratulating him on his fine work, on his zeal and enthusiasm, and on his wonderful response from customers. He felt the reality of all of this, felt his his, uh, handshake, heard the tone of his voice, and saw him smile. He made a real mental movie, dramatizing it to the best of his ability. Night after night, he conducted this mental movie, knowing that his subconscious mind was the receptive plate on which his conscious imagery would be impressed. Gradually, by a process of what may be termed mental and spiritual osmosis, the impression was made on his subconscious mind and the expression automatically came forth. The sales manager subsequently called him up to San Francisco, congratulated him, and gave him a new assignment assignment as division sales manager over 100 men with a big increase in salary. He changed his concept and estimate of his boss, and the latter responded accordingly. Now, I will say I didn't do the second part, but the first part, yes. When I was at my prior job that I was at for some time, my direct manager, I did not like him at all. But more so, his manager, I could not stand. My department reported to the UK. And whenever this guy from the UK came, it really like put a damper on my spirit. I could not stand him. He was brash. He was rude. Um, the UK, they, I don't know. I don't know if it's like that in all the UK. What I do know is every person that I met from the UK, um, that was in the office, not everyone, but most of them were like this. They were rude and they were brash and they just were different than we are here in corporate America. We are heavily bound by HR policies and standards. I don't think they are because some of the things that they would say was it was just rude and disgusting and he I was turned off of him from the very moment that I met him I disliked him from that moment and every time that I saw him I disliked him and I had to be nice to him before he even became my manager's boss he was still a higher ranking executive like he was in the executive leadership team 
and I could not stand this man. And I'm sure, I don't want to say it showed on my face, but again, I am a person, I am not a yes man. I am not a person that would ever just bow down a cow to you. That's just not, I'm not even built that way. I do speak my mind. I know how to be cordial. I know how to be respectful as I speak my mind. But there is no time on earth that I'm not going to say what I have to say. It's just not, it's not in me. I, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm not built that way. So that is one of the things that I, I may have projected out. Because number one, whatever I feel is written on my face. That is just something I've never been able to control. If I don't like you, it'll be there. No matter how I am able to, you know, make the inflection of my voice seem as if, hey, the the look on my face will say, ew. So <laughs> this man, there was no qualms, I think, in his mind that about me liking him. I'm sure he knew I did not like him. I'm sure. And every, for about four years... I saw him every time I saw him whenever I was in a meeting. I sometimes I forced myself to shut up, but he was very antagonistic towards me to the point where he knew that I was very outspoken. And so if I didn't say anything, he would say, "Luanza, what do you think?" And my first response would always be to say, "Do you really want to know what I think?" But I you can't say that to your boss's boss, right? So I always said what I had to say mixed with, you know, pleasantries and niceness. But I, we just did not get along. And I always had, again, conversations in my mind or things that I said about him in my mind. And we never, ever got along, ever. And when I was laid off, he took great pleasure in laying me off, like pleasure. And I remember that conversation. I said, congratulations, you worked hard to get me out and you finally got it. But thank you for paying me to go. And that's exactly what I said to him because I wanted him to know. I, I know how hard he worked to get me out, but it, it took the last merger and him having to pay me to leave. So I get what this man is saying. I wish though that I had this knowledge to be able to turn things around in my mind because it took me a long time. It took me almost the entire 2020 to forgive myself and to forgive him for being an asshole. It took me a long time. Like I intensely disliked this man and him having the pleasure of of laying me off really did not sit well in my soul. So it took me a minute to get over that just simply because I gave my heart and soul to that company and for them to lay me off. And and it, it was a personal decision by him because he did not like me. Anyway, I just thought I would say that this this recording is getting long because I talk too much. Become becoming emotionally mature. 
What the other person says or does cannot really annoy or irritate you, except you permit him to disturb you. This is why I wish I would have read this book then. The only way he can annoy you is through your own thought. Facts. For example, if you get angry, you have to go through... Sorry, you have to go through four stages in your mind. You begin to think about what he said. You decide to get angry and generate an emotion of rage. Then you decide to act. Perhaps you talk back and react in kind. You see that the thought, emotion, reaction, and action all take place in your mind. When you become emotionally mature, You do not respond negatively to the criticism and resentment of others. To do so would mean that you had descended to the state of low mental vibration and became one with the negative atmosphere of the other. So clearly, I have not been emotionally um, mature all this time. I have not been. Because I have cussed many people out at my job in my mind. Um... Identify yourself with your aim in life and do not permit any person, place, or thing to deflect you from your inner sense of peace, tranquility, and radiant health. The meaning of love in harmonious human relationships. Sigmund Freud, the Austrian founder of psychoanalysis, said that unless the personality has love, it sickens and dies. Love includes understanding goodwill and respect for the divinity in the other person. The more love and goodwill you emanate and exude, the more comes back to you. If you puncture the other fellow's ego and wound him, his estimate of himself, you cannot gain his good will. Recognize that every man wants to be loved and appreciated and made to feel important in the world. Realize that the other man is conscious of his true worth and that like yourself, he feels the dignity of being an expression of the one life principle animating all men. As you do this consciously and knowingly, you build the other person up and he returns your love and goodwill. He He hated audiences. An actor told me that the audience booed and hissed him on his first appearance on the stage. He added that he played his mm, he added that the play was badly written and that undoubtedly he did not play a good role. He admitted openly to me that for months afterward he hated audiences. He called them dopes, dummies, stupid, ignorant, gullible, etc. He quit the stage in disgust and went to work in a drugstore for a year. One day a friend invited him to hear a lecture in a town hall in New York City on how to get along with ourselves. This lecture changed his life. He went back to the stage and began to pray sincerely for the audience and himself. He poured out love and goodwill every night before appearing on the stage. He made it a habit to claim that the peace of God filled the hearts of all present and that all present were lifted up and inspired. During each performance, he sent out love vibrations to the audience. Today, he is a great actor and he loves respects. Uh, he loves and respects people. <clears throat> His goodwill and esteem are transmitted to others and are felt by them. Handling difficult people. There are difficult people in the world who are twisted and distorted mentally. They are malconditioned. Many are mental delinquents, argumentative, uncooperative, 
<clears throat> cantankerous, cynical, and sour on life. They are sick psychologically. Many people have deformed and distorted minds, probably warped during childhood. Many have congenital deformities. You would not condemn a person who has had tuberculosis, nor should you condemn a person who is mentally ill. No one, for example, hates or resents a hunchback. There are many mental hunchbacks. You should have compassion and understanding. To understand all is to forgive all. Misery loves company. The hateful, frustrated, distorted, and twisted personality is out of tune with the infinite. He resents those who are peaceful, happy, and joyous. Usually, he criticizes, condemns, and vilifies those who have been very good and kind to him. His attitude is this. Why should they be so happy when he is so miserable? He wants to drag them down to his own level. Misery loves company. When you understand this, you remain unmoved, calm, and dispassionate. The practice of empathy in human relations. A girl visited me recently stating that she hated another girl in her office. She gave as her reason that the other girl was prettier, happier, and wealthier than she, and in addition was was engaged to the boss of the company where they worked. One day after the marriage had taken place, the crippled daughter by a former marriage of the woman whom she hated came into the office. The child put her arms around her mother and said, Mommy, Mommy, I love my new daddy. Look what he gave me. She showed her mother a wonderful new toy. She said to me, my heart went out to that little girl and I knew how happy she must feel. I got a vision of how happy this woman was. All of a sudden, I felt love for her and I went into the office and wished her all the happiness in the world and I meant it. In psychological circles today, this is called empathy, which simply means the imaginative projection of your mental attitude into that of another. She projected her mental mood or the feeling of her heart into that of the other woman and began to think and look out through the other woman's brain. She was actually thinking and feeling as the other woman and also as the child because she likewise had projected herself into the mind of the child. She was looking out from that vantage point on the child's mother. If tempted to injure or think ill of another, of another, project yourself mentally into the mind of Moses and think from the standpoint of the Ten Commandments. If you are prone to be envious, jealous, or angry, project yourself into the mind of Jesus and think, and think from that standpoint and you will feel the truth of the words, Love ye one another. Appeasement never wins. Do not permit people to take advantage of you and gain their point by temper tantrums, crying jags, or so-called heart attacks. These people are dictators who try to enslave you and make you do their bidding. Be firm but kind and refuse to yield. Appeasement never wins. Refuse to contribute to their delinquency, selfishness, and possessiveness. Remember, do that which is right. You are here to fulfill your ideal and remain true to the eternal verities and spiritual values of life, which are eternal. Give no one in all the world the power to deflect from you your goal, your aim in life, which is to express your hidden talents 
to the world, to serve humanity, and to reveal more and more of God's wisdom, truth, and beauty to all the world, all the people in the world. Remain true to your ideal. Know definitely and absolutely that whatever contributes to your peace, happiness, and fulfillment must of of necessity bless all men who walk the earth. The harmony of the part is the harmony of the whole. For the whole is the part and the part is the whole. All you owe the other, as Paul says, is love. And love is the fulfilling of the law of health, happiness, and peace of mind. Okay, so we have reached the end of chapter 16. Please forgive the stumbling of the reading. Um, I don't know, it's like a frog in my throat today. So please forgive that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to end this now because it's been pretty, pretty long. Don't forget to add gratitude and happiness as a part of your daily life. Both are a choice. So choose to be grateful. Choose to be happy. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.